Welcome to Exiles, a Gospel of Mark podcast. We are coming to you from Grace Church in Erie, Pennsylvania, where we're taking what we learn about ancient truths and the person of Jesus and applying them to our everyday lives. You can check out whoisgrace.com forward slash Mark for the sermon and resources that we're using for our conversation. We want to thank you for joining us today. If the, the, if the tone of the voice sounds a little deeper than usual, uh, Danielle, this is not Danielle. On She's a, not on, sick. Yeah, <laughs> on a very <laughs> bad day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, I, I'm Derek. I'm one of the pastors at Grace and, uh, uh, happy to be hosting today in Danielle's stead, even though we're hoping that she uh, that she feels to better better. Um, and uh, here, joined with these wonderful people that uh, uh, are regulars on this podcast, and I'm I'm honored to be in your presence today, Sarah. You said you're having a whole vibe today, so welcome to uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and you, you're not you're not just going to do a stream of consciousness. No, that would be bad. It'd be interesting. I mean, no. <laughs> If you um, once I start, I can't stop. So let's <laughs> keep going. All right. Keep going. So our uh, <laughs> uh, we, we we like to do a little uh, little introduction, little opener, and uh, we're talking about Pastor Scott's sermon from this past week, and uh, uh, his opener. Uh, was a kind of a Star Wars uh, tribute uh, to the opener of Star Wars, and so we're going to play on that and talk about our favorite Star Wars character, or if you're too Christian for Star Wars, uh, favorite Lord of the Rings character, or Chronicles of Narnia, or <laughs> fill in the whatever. All right, so who wants to start? What's your favorite Star Wars character, Lord of the Rings character, if you're too Christian? Can you be too Christian for Star Wars? <laughs> I, I mean... You can... What okay. is this force that they're talking about? Like, is I grew up demonic? with Harry Potter. Like, I get... Oh, like, no, know. no, no. That shall not be named. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm Mike. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace. Um, I'm just... I'm not like a sci-fi fantasy. And I know wow. that's even that's even the wrong genre terminology, but... <laughs> wow. So, uh, you know, yeah, send your hate mail. But um, I like... Bubba Fett's pretty cool. He's got the, the get-up, so uh-huh. I'll go with that. Okay. All right. Yeah, great. Looks and Sarah, you're a big Star Wars. Hi, junkie, Sarah McCosco. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing to offer. <laughs> I have not seen any of them. All right, not oh, even. That's actually worse. N- I know. None, like I have none of them. I'm a, none of them. So all of the bajillion none. Star Wars zip Lord of the Rings. <laughs> not a Sarah. I have not. That's actually concerning. Um, yeah. I have not seen any of the Harry Potters. Mm. I have not seen any. Nothing. I have nothing. So I it, am familiar with them, obviously. They're very popular, but I never I don't even have a character. So is it a sci-fi thing? Or you don't like sci-fi? Is that not your not your deal? I don't think I'm against it. I just don't think like when I sit down and watch a movie, I'm not like, oh, let's watch Star Wars today. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or let's watch Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. But a, I hear it's great. I'm afraid our viewership or <laughs> tank after this intro. What about you, Stephen? I mean, we, we can go Harry Potter if you want to go that way. I mean, that's no, no, I wasn't right. allowed to watch Harry Potter growing oh. up. Oh, right. yeah. So that that's a makes thing. sense. Um, I do have a story about that, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share okay. it right now. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so I would say that as a boy, watching with my dad, I probably connected with Han Solo growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. But Jaja, even though it's the worst of the Star Wars movies, um, Jaja Binks was definitely, I don't know why, but he was that really awkward, yeah, weird, like <laughs> big long tongue, and yeah, yeah, that guy. That's a little yeah. computer guy? No, he's no, not. Who's the that's little? Wally. That's Wally. Okay. Movie. I mean, he's cool. I mean, if e. I had, okay, he's cute. 
You're talking about R two D two, the little yeah, that's oh, R- yeah, kind of looks like a moving trash can yeah. on wheels or something like that. Yeah, you know, that's R two D basically. Yeah, he didn't talk; he just made noises. Look at you! So I, I mean, it's not like I don't know. I just <laughs> don't listen and not watching. I have a look of derision right now. <laughs> so, and I think I'm going with I think I'm going with Frodo of Lord of the Rings. We might as well okay. just, we might as well just go there. What a what a great journey! What a great epic uh, tale that uh, adventure that he went on. So yeah, I like that, he's he's my favorite. He's he was the lead. yeah. He was you know he he was the uh, he was the the one entrusted with the ring and uh, you know had the yeah. That's a good. Okay. The, 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 that's a childhood favorite of mine, The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's a good I'm a big, I'm a big so I will say book that, fan. Just because I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second. Oh. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, three books, three movies. Yeah. The Hobbit, mm-hmm. what in the world were they doing? I don't know. Yeah. One book, three movies. Yeah, they ruined it. Money, money, money. I couldn't even watch that. I didn't watch The Hobbit. Yeah, they ruined it. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, we all agree with that. Okay, great. So, Stephen, I want to come back to you. Your parents were here from Scotland. They were. And I'm always curious. This may just be me, but I'm always curious when people come from other countries, like their impressions and like how they did and what do they think about the state of things and did they have any weird... The state moments. of things? Yeah, I mean, the state of our country, you know, like a little outside perspective, you know, since we're enmeshed in it. Um, we didn't get to talk about that a right. whole lot. Um Mm-hmm. We just agreed not to talk about politics. Gotcha. But it's not a sore subject for us. Yeah. Um, so we didn't talk a lot about that. Um, but it was a really, really, really good visit. So nice. this was the first time they came to visit us since we moved to Erie. Um, so they used oh. to come every year when we were living in New York and Buffalo. Yeah. Um, so this was a really, really good time. But I found out something really interesting. Okay. So I'm upstairs in our house. And um, <laughs> my dad, so granddad, granddad is with Marlo. And Gardy Lou right out there. Yeah. <laughs> and Marlo, so Marlo is like Mr. Creative, uh-huh. and he's, he's uh, creating comics right now. Um, and so he's watching Captain Underpants. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah. Uh-huh. Captain Underpants. So he's making Captain Underpants comics right now. <laughs> and he's creating the monsters at Captain Underpants. He all, Captain Underpants always punches them through a black hole. Right, okay. that's how he ends every one of his comics. So, didn't know where that was Lots going. going on. But yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert! Um, but one of the mon- one of the monsters he created was the Toot Monster. Because he was on a that monster's in my house. <laughs> the, the monster's in my house. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the Toot Monster. Okay. And so he's with Granddad, and uh, Granddad is writing. So he's you know he's the one writing the storyline. Okay. Marlo's drawn out, so he's like. Um, he says Toot Monster, and my dad is like, "The what?" <laughs> and they, <laughs> there were so many variations of the word toot, but my oh. dad had no idea what a toot monster was because they don't use the word toot in <laughs> Scotland at all. And so he's like, "Did you say horn?" No. Oh, so like, my dad's oh, like, okay. my dad's yeah, like, no, what I the see. horn monster? Like, you know, when you when you <laughs> beat the car horn. Yeah. I mean, toot, kind toot. of. Yeah. <laughs> he had no idea. Of, yeah. That two meant other things. Wow. Yeah. That's great. And it was, yeah. I didn't, I, I could have came down, but I let it go for like 10 minutes. <laughs> I was upstairs did laughing. Did you press record it on was your great. I did it. But it was, it was amazing. Oh my. All so, right. Working through the meaning of toot. So is he going to take it back with him and use take it? Take what back? Oh. The word toot. The word toot oh. to Scotland. And, he might and understand. I mean, we appropriated Gardy Lou, so. I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> You don't use it correctly, but you <laughs> use it. Tell him if he does use it in conversation with any of his friends or anything when he goes back, 
he needs to tell you immediately, and we will bring it back here. I'll FaceTime him this week. Thank and you. Yeah. Make get sure. back to you guys. Wow. I think this yeah. needs- Transition that, Derek. Good luck. Yeah. So Scott's <laughs> sermon on Sunday was fantastic, wasn't it, guys? It was, yes. Yeah. Uh, we had a chance Very to check good. that out, and, and uh, really cool. Let me, let me just do a quick recap, and, and then you guys can kind of comment on any parts of it that you felt were particularly uh, helpful before we get into our conversation for today. Um, so his big idea was that the steps you take reveal who you are following. And uh, we found out early on in Scott's sermon that he has a, uh, he has a strange habit of watching people walk. Uh, for, the, for those that don't know, he was a physical therapist yeah. before he was a pastor, and so uh, he used this word gait, G-A-I-T, you know, as the way that somebody walks, and you can tell a lot about somebody by, you know, the way they walk or whatever. So anyway, he talked about the four gates of grace, um, and again, it was kind of a real good physical therapy kind of sermon uh, with these good uh, parallels. So he said, get off your feet, and uh, so sometimes that we it's important for us to just uh, spend time with God. Um, and then he said, walk with purpose. So uh, your purpose is your calling as a child of God. That's your primary purpose in life. Uh, the, the third one was to embrace the uns. And so there was a really beautiful healing story here um, with a um, with somebody who had leprosy and uh, just the, who were, was an untouchable, un, you know, in that society. So the question was, who are the uns in your life? And then the final one was comply with Christ, which is kind of like a spiritual rehabilitation um, model where he's just saying, hey, you know, it's important that when, when he tells you to do something, you do it exactly, you know, the, the, the way that he says. So let's talk about the message just in general. What, what impacted you? Uh, what were some just initial takeaways before we go a little deeper today? I really enjoyed how he opened up the the, the message, um, the 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 compelling nature, like the the storytelling nature. He definitely he drew me in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm watching. I'm always late to the game because I'm a little bit of a Christian rebel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we can unpack that <laughs> months we from now, right? We don't have enough time, time to <laughs> unpack that. But I started watching The Chosen, um, and um, it's interesting. It's it's interesting. I have my thoughts. I am enjoying it. I have my thoughts, mm-hmm. but I'm enjoying it. But I love. So I'm I'm in that headspace right now. So the way that Scott kind of opened it, mm-hmm. um, sort of like the the theatrical nature of it, really drew me in. Mm-hmm. So that was creating parallels there. That's cool. And it, and it aligns with Mark is a story. Yeah. yeah. It's yes. a gospel. Yes. But yeah. like it's a story. The whole thing is a story. And for him to just kind of read it that way. It was compelling. It was fresh. It drew me in to a passage I've read plenty of times before, and I think it's, I think we lose that sometimes with some of the. Yes. There's like the epistles and the letters are like you know X Y Z and that's good, but like the gospels are stories yeah. about Jesus, and so that was like a good reminder, refresher. It's always interesting to think about the fact that you know all these gospel writers are, are storytellers, mm-hmm. you know, and so there's things that they're including, there's things that they're leaving out. Like yes. we're not getting a full mm-hmm. every second of every Jesus, you know, Jesus's whole life. Um, they're intentionally including things and seeing storylines go, and you know, all, all that kind of. It's fascinating to think about, you know. It's not a biography. That's right. It's a story, it's a story. and that mm-hmm. has implications, yeah. and yeah. And just to be clear, it's a story that really happened in history. Yes. Yes. You know, this is so it's not a fairy tale story. Right. Um, and since we're not there, we weren't there, we there's an appreciate I think there's an appreciation for being able to have a visual in your mind as you read the stories yes. because we can't visualize that because we weren't there. So right. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. 
happens. Yeah, that's good. I like. He also had a, a quote in there that that uh, that we've worked through recently. Uh, with, that that talks about just the word of God as three things. It's a it's a picture, um, but if you read it right, it also at some point becomes a mirror where it shows you yes. insight into yourself. And then as you kind of progress, it becomes a window through which you see the world. It mm-hmm. provides you a worldview that, that you can look out now and you're seeing everything through the lens of, of Scripture. And so I thought that was, a, uh, that was a really good thing to bring into this. Um, so uh, let's talk about uh, some of our topics for the, for the day and questions of the day are going to deal with, you know, a few of these things that, that Scott uh, brought up. But, you know, I, I, the, the first thing I want to talk about is this idea that you can know, you know that Jesus can do something, but you hope that he's willing to do it. So the leper that was healed knew that Jesus could do something, and he hoped that he would do it. And, and then when Jesus responded, he says, I am willing to do that. So let, let's talk about, just somebody add different words to that and, and uh, describe it maybe a little differently than I just described it. But, and, and then I just wondered, do we have stories of our own lives uh, about that happening? We, we know Jesus can do something, but we're, is he willing to do it? Um, and, and then what do we do with that if he's not? So any, anyone want to start off that train and interact with that? I know we're, we're going deep right away. Come on, Sarah. I have so many feelings. <laughs> I have so many. I feel like there's a pattern here with the podcast. I, I just have all these feelings and I can't spit them out. I go through this. If, let's see if I can do this. I, when I go to Jesus about something that I feel that I need or I want, if I'm going to be honest, I, A, feel guilty asking because I get in my head on, is this what I need? Am I asking for the wrong thing? How do I know if it's the right thing to ask for? Am I missing something that he wants me to see and I'm not seeing it? So like I get, I go through a whole bunch of different things when I go to him about something. So I, re- I resonated with the leper, like if you're willing. And so when I go and I ask him or I bring something up with him, I'm like, but please like do what you need, what you think is best. But uh, these are my thoughts. And I am trying to, I'm trying to dissect them. Mm, That's, that's how I feel when I go to him and I ask him something. And I'll affirm that's a fantastic approach. Agreed. Like you can certainly overdo it and spin your wheels, but like (laughs) what, that's a very humble approach. Let me see what I'm supposed to see. And you're not asking God for things he doesn't know that you want to ask for, you're not doing it for his benefit, but you're, you're coming at, there's a, there's a humility to that and a recognition if you're willing, because you're the sovereign being who knows what I actually want and need. That's a fantastic way to approach that. And I think it's also important that I say, I will say, okay, this is what I want, but will you please make sure that I see what I'm actually supposed to want? Mm, That's good. And then you, ha- I think it's very important to have that mindset because you may see things like, well, I think I need this or I want this or I, this is what I'm seeing. But I think it's very important to make sure that you actually ask him, but is this right? Mm-hmm. What am I actually supposed to see? And please make sure that I see it. Now, have you always been that way? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh-huh. What changed? Um, so moons ago, I had started a dog rescue called Hope. Long story short, um, the stress of taking that on, the things I was seeing and the things I was encountering to the innocent creatures. Everyone knows how much I love dogs and animals. So anyway, 
um, I, it broke me in many, many ways. And so there were a lot of things within the rescue that I was dealing with or that we needed. And it kind of, my moments, my years and hope completely changed my relationship with Christ. I was 100% dependent on him to survive Mm -hmm. and for that rescue to survive. So that changed everything. So then probably it was when it was. So that was like six years ago or something. That's good. Probably longer than that. I don't know. 2014. <laughs> I think part of the I think part of the thing that that's important to keep in mind as we think about this this deep topic is the is that we are children and God is a loving father. Yes. yes. And you. so, you know, Sarah, I think when you come that way, I mean, I think it pleases the father's heart to um, to have a child who would ask humbly and that who would defer to his will and th- those sorts of things in the same way um, that as a, as a father, if my kids are coming to ask me for something, uh, I would prefer that attitude you yeah. know, from them is, is to kind of defer, especially when they were littler. The, the, all along recognizing that it's a loving father, not a vice principal yeah. that we're dealing yeah. with. Yeah. And so a loving father who says, if you ask for bread, am I going to give you a stone? Mm-hmm. If you, you know, so, I mean, God kind of demonstrates his love. It also doesn't mean that the answer is always going to be yes. You got mm-hmm. it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so just in the same way a loving father, if a child comes and says, you know, I want, you know, a pound of Red Hots to eat before bed, <laughs> a loving father is going to go, <laughs> no, because I love you. It's not because I mm-hmm. hate you. It's because I love you that, that, that no is. So I'm not willing to grant, to, yeah. back to our question, I'm not willing to grant you this thing that you're requesting, but it's not out of hatred for you. It's out of love for you. Mm-hmm. And trust me that what is coming that you actually exactly. need is exactly what you need. Yeah. yeah. And is it fair to say to, because I feel the tension if we take it just a little further down the road and I think about my own kids and we're not quite there yet because my kids are so young, but I guess with Alex, our older 23 year old, um, we got him when he was 17 there's not been many seasons, but I think about my childhood growing up, and there's there's things that are good to ask for. Um, there's nothing wrong to receive them, but I know at times my dad has seen something in me, yeah. and he's not intervened oh. because he's loving, because he knows that I need to go through something oh. in order to, to build that character mm-hmm. or to draw mm-hmm. something out of nice. me. And yeah. so I feel that tension. Yeah. Even and now, this is a particularly unique situation with leprosy, but I think there are those situations in life where God can go. I know you need to go through this, yeah. and it might actually even pain me to watch you go through this. But I know who you're going to be on the back end, mm-hmm. and I know that's that's a real tension to walk in. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's that's not necessarily the rule. It's probably more so the the um, what's the word I'm looking for. The exception, exception. thank mm-hmm. you. Um, but I do know that those times have been true in my life where God has allowed me to walk through a hard season because he knows better for me. Mm-hmm. And on the backside of it, it's been really, 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 really beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I'll add is, and I'm glad that you brought it up, Sarah, I just want to say I really appreciate your just the relational nature of the relationship <laughs> you, you have with God. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know this about you until we started this <laughs> podcast. And I just really, I, I'm always encouraged and challenged by how you approach God. So thank Good. you for that. Good. But I feel like I was a kid that grew up in the church and I'm plagued with the right and, the right and wrong thing to do. Ditto. And so I'm always like, uh, 
God, is this the right thing to ask for? And at times that can paralyze me. So yes. that, that was my initial response. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I think, so I think right. it's very important to say, I think that the more that we get to know God, and let, let, let's go with that relationship thing, the more that we get to know God and his heart, the more we know the right things to ask for. Yes. yes. You know, we, the more we know him. Yes. And so we know what he wants. Like, and so it's almost like, a, just like a person, the more you get to know them, you kind of, there's a symbiotic thing that goes on of like, we're, we're kind of thinking for each other, we're, you know. And so, you know, I think one of the reasons that people often feel frustrated with God is because they only come and ask him for things no when, something, when something goes wrong. <laughs> right. You know, and then it's really like, I'm not in relationship with him yes. every single day. And so when I come and ask and he says no, I'm ticked off because I don't understand his heart. And then you don't talk to him for right, like... Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, that's the value of asking with, with that humble posture because as you, as you ask, you enter in a relationship with Jesus, the Spirit is going to make your heart mm-hmm. look more like Jesus. And like, but that's the slow, eventual process that changes what you're asking for and how you do it. So, I don't know, I guess don't be afraid to ask God for yeah. what you want. Do it. Uh, you know, but that's entering into the relationship piece, yeah. not just when you need him, and that's what sets the stage. So let's move from the theoretical to the practical. Okay, this Ooh. is our this is a oh yeah, So part of this conversation with God is is understanding what He's willing to do and what He's not willing to do, and h- half the battle is understanding His what He's saying in our in our requesting. How have you listening to God is hard. It's mm-hmm. it's much easier to pray a list to God or to come to God and say here's the, th- you know here's the three things that I need from you right now or whatever, um, but a, if prayer is a conversation, part of a conversation is talking and part of a conversation is listening. So how have you guys found uh, practically ways to listen to God and to understand that it's Him and to hear His voice? Because I don't know about you, I don't get audible okay. voices from God. So this there are other. <laughs> Can I guess that Sarah does? Let's go. <laughs> no, I think I feel like the biggest question is what, with people on the listening end. What am I listening for? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. So I think I think it would be fascinating to hear how do each of you hear God? Great. Go. So uh, the first ingredient to that is silence and solitude. And like, if you've been coming to Grace for a minute, you know we keep saying that, and it's. I mean, honestly, it's probably not something I've really, like, solved, I think, for myself until six months ago. And I've been a pastor for almost two years, so if you don't have it figured out, you're good. Uh, but, like, I get up in the morning, and the first thing I do, I do some yoga to stretch out. Send, sorry, send your emails. Pause. You do yoga? I, I do, yeah, get, to get limbered up. How it's, long has this been going on, uh, the, yoga, the yoga? A couple years this now. This is great. It's not of the devil, it turns out. But anyways, you so. You mat and everything? Yeah. Special socks, or you go barefoot? Barefoot. Whoa. Okay. Hey. Hey. Back off. He's talking about listening for, from God. <laughs> but so I'll, I'll, I get up at like five thirty in the morning because my kids are almost four and almost two, and I'll do just enough to kind of limber up and wake up. And I used to go work out, and then I'd you know do my chair time. But I switched it because I'm like, no. Then I'm fresh and I'm not tired and I'm not exhausted. Yeah. Like God needs to get my best. It's silent. Ain't nobody else awake, and I can sit there read scripture. Um, so I'm setting the conditions to hear from God. The way I most often hear from him, I think, is sounds uh, conversational prayer. 
I will just talk to God like I'm talking to someone or just like voicing my feelings or thoughts. Do you do it out loud or silently? I do it silently, but I have done it out loud before. And it's the only way I can describe it is I just, I just get thoughts. Thoughts pop into my head or I, all of a sudden I find myself on a line of thinking that I've never thought before. And I pause and go, I've never thought of it that way before. And I think that's just the Holy Spirit interacting with me and helping to kind of change. And it's, that's the best way I can articulate. I think how my most often way I, I kind of converse with God instead of just having it a one-way street. Great. Do you test those out? Do you like, what if there's something that you're like, hmm. like what, what would you use as kind of a, a plumb line to go? Is this, is this my own, is this my, this my own thought or is this actually from God? Uh, my wife. Oh, is probably the primary. Uh, I mean, God speaks to us through His Spirit, His yeah. Word, and His community. And so, I mean, obviously, if it's contradicting Scripture, but if there's an alignment with what I'm reading or what I know in Scripture, if there's especially if there's any sort of affirmation in my community, especially my wife, then that's usually goes. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying here. You got one. Mm, that's really good. Um, I also have a wife who I would I would <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't a period. I, was a, I also have a wife who um, uh, she serves as my uh, discernment meter, mm-hmm. um, and it's been s- so helpful, so so helpful over the years. And so she too will become a, a person that I will bounce things off of. She's usually very straightforward. <laughs> you guys know Nicole. Um, mm-hmm. She doesn't beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest and just say I I have struggled over the years one with praying, because um, I'm a big God sovereignty guy. So I I really struggle with praying at times. I just do because I'm just like, well, God, you're done. Yeah. yeah. What's What's the point? Um, if I'm being honest and candid, um, so that's been part of my journey. Um, and I've also had some pretty negative charismatic experiences. So like relying on feelings mm-hmm. um, is, feels like a real hurdle to me. So if anybody's listening and they can relate, you're not, you're not alone. Um, so I spend a lot of time in the Word, believing that the Holy Spirit will illuminate that text to me. I, I love to spend time in the Psalms simply because it just paints... Uh, a beautiful picture of the character of God mm-hmm. and the steadfastness of God. Um, so I would say I still struggle mm-hmm. uh, even to this day to like sit and, and we talked about this in the last podcast and this is why I appreciate you so much, Sarah, is like your <laughs> conversational nature with God. Like I really struggle with that because it feels too subjective to me. Um, but I'm not saying it's wrong. I just, no. it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. It's a hurdle for me. Um, I like to lean on the objective and yeah. that which I know is true. Um, so that has been, throughout my years, that has been a, a real anchor for me um, in every season. Yeah. Good I, seasons and bad. And I think it's a really good answer. I mean, I don't think you have to apologize for that answer. No, yeah. I say the main way so I hear God's voice is through the scriptures. Yeah. Uh, because I think that's a right answer, you know, and I think that for a lot, for me, that is definitely my main way uh, that I hear from God is just through the reading and study of the scriptures. And I feel like he, I realize that's not everybody's like main, main way. Um, but obviously that needs to be the final say, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whether it's your main way or not, everything needs to be kind of held up against that. I would say just super, super practically for me, um, I, I've gone on a journey from this, from thinking that my mental wandering, it's hard for me to tame my brain Mm -hmm. when it comes time to pray. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking a million thoughts and I've come through going, being frustrated with that 
and going, I need to reel that in. And like, so if a thought comes about, oh, you know, Aiden, this or that at school, I need to do, I forgot to fill out her form, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm trying to pray to God and that's the thing that pops in. And instead of getting frustrated with that and trying to tamp it down, just go, oh, I got to get rid of that. I got to get rid of that. I got to get rid of that and focus on God. I've decided that that's actually part of the praying process Mm. and that that may be the way that God is actually prompting me to pray. So if that pops in, instead of trying to tamp down the mental wanderings, I follow them. Yes. In prayer. And I say, oh, Aiden, form, whatever. God, I want to lift up Aiden to you right now. I, I don't know what she's up to. I don't know what she's doing. But for whatever reason, I'm, I'm going to believe you brought her into my mind, even though this is like a to-do list, that she's in my mind for a purpose. So I'm going to follow that and pray for that. And so whatever those things are, and I have found that is a much more effective way to focus in the end mm. is to commit those to prayer instead of trying to like get rid of them because they keep popping back up. Because it is almost more of a distraction to try to push them down than it is exactly. to actually just talk about them. Because then you start focusing <laughs> on that. Right? And it's a, yeah. it's a journey of guilt and shame. Like, yes. oh my gosh, I can't focus on God. How bad am I? Yeah. And it's more, well, what if, yeah. what if they are? Yeah. You can go, God leading you to pray for these things Ooh. that are good and beautiful in your oh, life. Okay. Obviously, your daughter, you know. Yeah, I love that. That's you're, you're, walk, you're walking in with a list. Yeah. You're walking in with things, but then you're also going to let yeah. the Spirit, like. Let the Spirit lead. Yeah, that's a spontaneous. It's a wandering prayer. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. That's cool. Great. I am blown. <laughs> My mind is blown. <laughs> Let me to rephrase. Okay. All right. <laughs> wow. That was, no, thank you. Good. I needed that. That was something I very much needed. Good. Very much. Well, we spent a lot of time on that. Um, I want to talk about one other thing, and we'll, we'll kind of just deal with it pr- pretty quickly here. Um, Scott made a statement in his sermon that where he said, partial obedience is disobedience. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, yeah, let's deal with this one really quickly. <laughs> Real yeah. quick. Yeah. <laughs> so he's coming from a physical therapy perspective, and it was under his fourth point where he was talking about complying with Christ, this spiritual rehabilitation, that, that, uh, that obedience. It, it, when, when you're rehabbing, when a, when a PT tells you to rehab something and gives you a list of things to do, you can't just do part of those things. You have to do the whole thing because every one of them serves a purpose. So let me just ask this question. Why is half obeying concerning to God? Why is half obeying God um, a problem? I'd like to go. Go. (laughs) Please. Right off the bat for me. If he has, like with the whole rehab thing, that Scott thing, if, if a doctor looks at you and says, I need you to do all these and you'll be healed and everything will be fine and you'll be so much better, and you go, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. You do not trust your doctor. And by partially obeying Jesus, you are not trusting him. That's good. So it's a trust It's issue. a trust that you do not have faith. That's really good. As f- and that's all, it's something we, that's right there. That's all I have. That's good. I, it's... <laughs> I, I think it's a it's a heart posture. Yes. Uh, a, something is lacking. I mean, it's what in your sermon a couple weeks ago about baptism, when you're kind of talking about people come to Christ and like we're going to do this, and then but they don't want to get baptized, and you're saying you want to you want yeah. all of this from Jesus, but the very first yeah. step of obedience you don't want to do. What does that communicate? That's a heart that's not postured. That that might not be all in. Uh, it's yeah. We wouldn't want that whether we're doctors or in any other form of life, like why would God desire half or like picking off of a, a menu of the things that you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, man. Um, I don't necessarily have a, a ton to add. No. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I think that's, I think that's so good that, and I, you know, I, I, I thought about this uh, particular passage where, you know, First Samuel fifteen, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as, as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And you think about, I, I think you guys hit it perfectly. Like, what is God a- actually after? Mm-hmm. What's He after? Well, He's after our hearts. Yeah. He's after our, faith. He's after our faith, our trust, and so. Um, He's not giving us things to do to yeah. check off a list. He's giving us things to, to, to do, number one, because he knows they're best for us. Yes. Number two, because he wants our hearts. And I, I think, that's a, I think that's, a great, that's a great answer. And I think this was a great sermon to, uh, to remind us of these important things. The steps you take reveal who you are following. And uh, so any other, uh, any, any other like, pr- practical takeaways from either our conversation here today uh, or from the message itself that you're saying, again, super practical, um, that you're going to walk away going, hey, I'm going to try that, or that thing that we talked about, or that thing that Scott talked about, I'm going to try that one. Anybody got one? We were theoretical today. We got a little bit practical, but well, so let's get a little bit more practical. Um, I think the the discipleship question, right, was um, how does this picture of Jesus compel me to live differently? Um, And even just the idea of uns, that um, just all the the unloved, untouchables, the the whatever, and all the many categories that that manifests itself today, that was super compelling. And even just well, even just like Scott's emotion that you could see coming through as he was yeah. preaching that. Um, who are the uns in my life who I need to actually go out and interact with? And I have no problem if physically or mentally. Dis- like Those aren't my barriers, uh, but I think it's, for me, it's the people who, um, not not the people who think differently. It's it's the people who... Have a different opinion about than you? No, it's not having. I don't. I don't care about a, a different opinion. But it's it's those people who they don't want to hear yours, and they just want to shout theirs from the mountaintops, and uh, they they want to yell their opinion at you. Uh, they don't want to listen to yours. And that, to me, that's a all right. Then I'm not going to engage. You're not. I'm going to turn around and walk away. No, I need to still. I know it's not a classic untouchable or uncategory, but like, yeah. no, I need to actually still. Engage, be willing to engage, be willing to maybe just take a verbal face shot and just sit there and listen, and because that's what Jesus did, yeah. and that's what I need to do, because maybe that bridges the gap and opens up potential influence or conversation. Or so that was my un, I guess, that came to mind as I was hearing that. That's great, great. Anybody else got practice? I, I just I think about the. Um, I, I think I really appreciate how Scott pulled out the. Really, the the context of the 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 leopard, like the reality of what would have happened Yikes. when you were when you were diagnosed with leprosy, like essentially it was a death sentence, right? You lost everything, and um, it's just the the reality of Jesus approaching this on so whatever it is for you, just with compassion. Yes, and and that's what I struggle with. I know that there are people in my life, I'm thinking about one person in particular right now, so maybe I need to follow the prompt, right? Um, yeah. And I just don't have compassion for that person. I just, I don't. Um, they frustrate me. Um, I have very little patience, and it's years long, lots of relational equity and history, um, and I just think about the compassion that I don't have towards their story, but how Jesus met this leopard with such 
compassion um, when nobody else would, Mm -hmm. right? It was 50 feet, 100 feet in distance. So that's the practical application I'm going to take away from this, knowing that I have to follow the prompt um, and probably approach this person. I don't know to what end, um, but I know that they're definitely an on in my life. So what's... So then you and I, since we both shared, what's a step that we can actually take? Like, okay, we need to approach this person or these people. Like, I'm thinking compassion I think is, is a perfect word. I need to pray for them. Uh, and some of these people live around me and like, great, we have pray for eight going on, right? Like, I need to actually sit down and pray by name with this face in my mind for this person. Because again, God knows how I feel, but that's interacting with God. And that's how... The spirit can hopefully change my heart. So, like, I need to pray for this specific person is how I need to, I don't know, yeah. Is it strange to ask, in prayer, ask him to intentionally put you in a position with that person that you have to actually have action. You want to pray that one? <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. I already know. I probably need little, to put myself in a position. Uncomfortable. <laughs> or like just, I mean, pray, uh-huh. okay, when you feel I am ready, I'm ready for this situation to happen, but when it happens, please make sure that I remember to involve you as well. That's great. That's good. That's let great. Him, Sarah, it. good job. Let him do it. Good job. Thank you. Hey, we're gonna wrap that. We're gonna wrap this up for today. I, you know, I, I think one of the things that I, I took away from Scott's sermon it's it's a little bit, it's maybe a little bit, uh, uh, just for me. But, you know, the the healing the healing uh, narratives and the gospels always get me, um, because it always sends me down the path of you know I think we have a certain image in our mind of what healing looks like mm-hmm. from the from the unhealthy versions of America in these recent years. And uh, I have to always remind myself, and I see it all the time, so it's shame on me for not, but that God still heals. And, you know, he, he still heals people. And it may not be leprosy that that's the main thing that we're dealing with in America in 2023, but it may be marriages. Mm-hmm. It may be anxiety. It may be, you know, it may be relational uh, division dependencies. and dependencies. Right. And it's like God still heals and I need to trust him to heal. And I need to be an agent of healing for people and he will still use us in that way. So that, that's one of my big takeaways from, from the message. All right. You can go over to, uh, do you have anything? I didn't want to. No, cut you no. Off. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm okay. Okay. Yes. All right. Good. You, you made I mean, it with no tears. I mean, this was. You were a whole guys, vibe. Uh, just a side note: this leprosy thing really yeah. kicked my booty. Yeah. It was so sad. Yeah, you just had empathy, right? You, I did. You, you I had... just did a lot of crying this morning, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what started it. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us for this uh, podcast today. I realize that it's uh, it was a very senior pastory one. Uh, you'll be back with Danielle's winsome uh, hosting <laughs> next time, and it'll be fun and funny and and uh, quirky and all that. Um, so you can visit whoisgrace.com forward slash mark for uh, resources around this series. We would love for you to do that. Uh, like and share this podcast. Uh, share it with some friends. That would be awesome. And uh, you can also submit a question over at the website. Let us know how you're feeling about the podcast and give us suggestions of stuff you'd like us to talk about. And uh, I want to just thank you for joining us today. Thank you guys for, thank you. Uh, for co-hosting. It's great. And uh, peace out, everybody. Bye. Watch out for the Toot Monster. Oh.